Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Cooley High Harmony. Uh, oh, boss. Reference to uh, Boys to Men song uh, we were singing the other day. Uh, and uh, I'm Jack, that's Miles, and we are thrilled to be joined by a very special guest on today's trending episode, Bridget Todd. There she is. Thank hey, you so hey. much for having me. I'm so happy Thank to be here. Thank you for being here. Always um, nice to have you, Bridget. Always great. What are you sipping on? What is that? Uh, a tonic to ease your nerves in, in these relaxing times? It's a tonic. I'm, there I was we gonna go. Prete- I was going to pretend and say it was water or like no, sparkling no, water. You can. That's fine. Let's, yeah, it is let's what cut it the is. crap. It's a gin yeah. and tonic. Okay. Things are, yeah. things are wild here in D.C. So I'm yeah. just trying to keep it calm. <laughs> we wanted to check on you. How, what, what is it like in D.C. right now? Yeah. It's, so thank you for asking. Yesterday, I feel like I went through this in, like incredible whirlwind of emotions. I stayed up late <laughs> to watch the runoffs. And so right. I went to bed, you know, when I, when I woke up in the morning, I was sing-songy happy. Like, literally, I woke up and I was like, good morning. I was so happy. <laughs> like, it was, I had, I had never been like this. I slept in this shirt that has a Shirley Chisholm line on it because I was like, Black women in political power are so happy. Right. And then, you know, as the day went on, you know, I was very, really excited to watch the, you know, the elector numbers come in and, and, and watch the hearing. And I, I mean, to say that I went from the, like the, the highest emotion, like the, the happiest I had felt in a long time to the lowest point, it's like, it, it happened so quickly. And so, you know, also being in D.C., I think it, I certainly was not prepared for how quickly things escalated, just in terms of the vibe of the city. Um, you know, we got that, you know, when your iPhone makes that horrible noise. When there's an, yeah, exactly, exactly, right. exactly. We got that noise that was like, there's a curfew in the city. Um, yeah, it just, it, the day went from on top of the world to what the fuck is happening so quickly. And honestly, I mean, like, I feel everybody's probably said this a million times. I had never seen anything like it. It, it, and especially as someone who, you know, I am a, a longtime activist and organizer, so I've gone to a million different political events, protests, that kind of thing at the Capitol. That's the specific thing that I think I was really having trouble processing was just watching the way that these people were able to overtake the the, the folks at the Capitol, the police at the Capitol. I have just never seen anything like it. Like yeah. it was. It, it was so wildly out of step with my experience, and I have been going to protest there since I'm 11 years old. So it was just a real kind of mind fuck. Right. It's. I think that was just yeah. It's the it's the most unsettling thing when you're like, oh wow, because I've errantly walked by a federal building and been told, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm like, mm. oh, sh- oh, whoops, uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh, I'm just trying to find the Hirschhorn. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm sorry. I just want to see some sculptures. Um and to see these people just walk right in, I think, is what's unsettling. And that's to, that's where, like, you can see where the power is and how it's seen and viewed. And that's what's truly upsetting as well. Um, and just to think of, like, all the, you know, the violence the Capitol Police are capable of committing and have committed in the past. And then suddenly it's... Ah, welcome to the Capitol, milady. Let me help mm-hmm. you down the stairs. And I was talking about this on the episode that, you know, people don't talk. People, I don't I, people don't really know that much about like what happened to Miriam Carey mm, in 2013. Thank you. 
Thank she, you. She was shot 26 times to death by Capitol Police for making a fucking U-turn. Yes. Okay. And she had her she had her baby in the car. Yeah. Like it like as some as someone who was born and raised in DC, the police out here don't 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 play, right? Yeah. Like it, it it is, you know, it, fuck it around was, and find it, out territory. Exactly. And I think just watching I was having almost like an out of body experience watching this, just just yeah. with with those ex- the experiences that I've had as someone in DC with the police, and so apparently the DC police are very, or I shouldn't say DC police because that's not their jurisdiction. The Capitol police are very, you know, good at using restraint when they mm. want to. Apparently, mm. and I think that shows like even a myth about policing, right? Like, what is this about? Is there really such thing as de-escalation? Do people need to be trained about their maybe un their biases that they're not aware of? Because it looked very clear that people knew how to restrain themselves very easily, mm-hmm. uh, given the context. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's why I just like this whole thing resonates in so many dimensions at once that it's really unnerving because you could be looking at it from any lens of experience. And there is probably something deeply unsettling for you to to see this all happen. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm glad you're safe. I you know I was checking on people who uh, I know out in D.C. Like yeah, the the I just, the the energy is what I think a lot of people are really feeling out there. It's just yeah. some. It's just very different. It is very mm. different, and I think also the idea like you know I, I live about two miles away from the Capitol, so you know pretty removed, um, two or three miles in Columbia Heights. So pretty removed, but no, like seeing the videos of these assholes in the lobby of our hotels, at our restaurants, mm-hmm. yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about all of the different essential workers throughout the city who were forced to serve these people, knowing that they came into the city to cause this kind of chaos. That was what was really breaking my heart. And so yeah. I, I'm very privileged and very lucky that I have the kind of life where when the curfew order came down, I'm I'm safe in my apartment and like, you know... That's That's my situation. But all I could think about was people who are essential workers, they shut down the the public transportation, the metro at eight o'clock. So how are they getting home? They got to take an Uber out of their own pocket. Like, how does that work? You know, Mm -hmm. all I could think about people in D.C., we are hanging on by a thread as it is. All I could think about was the people who aren't as privileged as I am, who don't have the, the ability to just like stay in their house when this kind of stuff pops off, who their livelihoods are being affected. Right. Like. DC DC Public Health put out a statement about how the people who had their appointments to get the COVID vaccine, all those appointments were canceled, right? And so because of because of these MAGA people coming into the city, mm-hmm. like people need to remember that just because DC is where the federal government is, it's also where people live their lives, raise their families, completely unconnected to the government. And so people live here. We may not mm-hmm. be a state, but people live here. And I think people forget when they get so upset with what's going on in government that it, it impacts real people's lives people who had who had appointments to get the vaccine weren't able to get that vaccine right people right. who who probably don't have a ton of, of wiggle room with their finances already have to figure out a way to, to get home because the metro closed early this is not you know pe- this is people's real lives yeah yeah oh man it's ugh, i don't even know uh I've heard some people talk about how this could maybe light a spark for DC statehood, or at least you know start that conversation. Um, but you know, I think the the thing that's wrong is right. They look at the fact that DC is what forty five percent black. Mm-hmm. That might yeah. have a reason. 
why uh, yeah. there's no representation in Congress because that's a blue seat right there, bottom. That's two senator. That's that's everything. Right. Um, and that's like another layer that's compounding all of this too, where you think. How the fuck can they do that? And like, how does this place that's the seat of government have no representation in Congress either? Um, exactly. It's so yeah. it, it just fucks your head. And then you think of like, well, who lives in D.C.? And then what does that mean for the for the people that could make it a state? And what does that mean for senatorial math and and ensuring minority rule and things like that? It's all. um, Yeah, it's it's very unsettling is like the only it's a very easy word for me to use because I think I've used a thousand other ones. No, absolutely. And I think people need to remember that while all of this stuff is going on in our community, we don't even have any kind of congressional representation. We have Eleanor Holmes Norton, but she doesn't get a vote, right? So right. this is all happening as democracy un is supposed to be unfolding in our backyards. We don't even get a say. You know, D.C. statehood, I I'm very biased because I'm, I'm born and raised in D.C., but mm -hmm. D.C. statehood, I think, is one of the biggest civil rights and racial justice issues of our time. Absolutely. But I firmly, firmly believe that it is an issue that we will see resolved in our lifetime. I believe that I will see D.C. be a state in my lifetime. I have hope. I believe it. We're, we're closer than we've ever been before. Yeah. Especially now. Exactly. Yeah. And all the miscues and like the they're like, I'm sorry, what happened? What is going on? And a huge argument would be, yeah, if it had statehood, yeah. a lot of other options would have been available. Yesterday, while uh, people were trying to overthrow the government because uh, the racist stand-up comedian they like was getting fired from his job, <laughs> uh, the U.S. had its deadliest day yet of uh, coronavirus, um, which is something that I hadn't even really noticed until after I managed to escape from my doom-scrolling uh, cocoon of just, you know, mainlining the news and uh, about the Capitol and uh, waiting for somebody to kick this motherfucker out of office um, in vain. What's uh, happened now? They, they have, there are articles of impeachment now? That's supposedly the latest, uh, hmm. that Nancy Pelosi said if they don't do uh, the... Uh, if Pence doesn't step up, then she's going to draft up articles of impeachment. But um, okay, Nathy Peluso, <laughs> let's see you do it. Oh man, uh, goat tweet of yesterday. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you'll, you guys can hear all about it on tomorrow. Or check my uh, time. Episode. I retweeted that shit so people can <laughs> just enjoy the so one girl. tweet that made me laugh <laughs> yesterday. The one thing I could bring myself out of the depths with. Um. Rush Limbaugh's name is also uh, trending. I feel like there's a consensus in the mainstream media that yesterday was some sort of breaking point, and now, like, just the way that people are, even the tense people are using the way the way people are saying, like, how the right wing media figures brought Trump into or bought into Trump's lies, and there was a CNN analyst who was saying that Fox News like contributed the Tinder and uh, Trump just lit it like it's past tense stuff almost as if they think that this was some high watermark of fascism and you know it's all just gonna recede back from our shores but um, I think people need to under like Rush Limbaugh's uh, show today he was saying that you know he was saying that the protests over the summer 
uh, were anarchists using the Black Lives Matter movement as a guise. And yesterday, hundreds of thousands of people, this is a direct quote, Americans who have gotten tired of being ignored and lied about and smeared as racist by these very Democrats, Americans who have gotten fed up with having the election stolen from them by Democrats, including the White House, now they think two more Senate seats have been stolen, and they thought they were going to be stolen even before the election. Uh, And then he claimed that Republicans do not know how to protest or loot. Uh, he said, but a tiny minority of these protesters and undoubtedly including some Antifa Democrat sponsored instigators did decide to go to the Capitol to protest the people's house, Mm -hmm. by the way. So I just, I think this is, this is just the beginning and it needs to be treated that way by the mainstream media. This like, that's how their, uh, spokespeople are treating it. Like this is just the beginning. Tucker Carlson was talking about how uh, the insurrection at the Capitol was going to cause people uh, to lose rights. Like that was, he's already focused on, you know, turning this into part of a, you know, ideological battle as opposed to just generally, uh, you know, people who are uh, enacting violence on behalf of a white supremacist ideology. But it is affecting their rights, you know, their right to profit off of lies on YouTube because YouTube was just like, oh, uh, if you're saying that dumb shit, well, you know, you you can't make money anymore. And the the way the conservatives talk is like, you see, freedom of speech is gone. It's like, motherfucker, it's it's the same as private property. This is not this is not Twitter dot gov. This is not the people's Twitter. It's a private fucking company. You agree to terms and services. Much in the same way, you're like, well, if a cake maker doesn't want to make a cake for a gay couple, they don't have to. So guess what? Eat shit and get the fuck out. And that's what it is. And if you want to fucking talk your racist shit, then go do stand up somewhere where all you end up being anyway. It's like, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm with you completely. And I I don't want to go off like too inside baseball. But in my day job, my, my day job is really focused around disinformation and misinformation and the misuse of social media platforms. And all these people can just get fucked. It like, it is, you like, you do not have license to incite violence and spread disinformation and so like foment this kind of violent reaction just with with no consequences, right? And I, to be super clear, I think that platforms up until this point have pretty much done nothing, and everything they have done has been because they've been like pressured and pushed and cajoled mm-hmm. and forced. And so the fact that you know, Twitter took down Trump's two horrible tweets and they're banning him for 12 hours. Today, Facebook said that they are they're, you know, uh, banning banning Trump for, you know, until the end of the until the end of his presidency. These are the, the very least they can do. And in my book, way too little too late. Right. Oh, you yeah. know, you've had so long YouTube. Everybody. It, it is not it is not news that people are radicalized and pushed to this kind of violent extremist behavior because of YouTube YouTube's algorithms, right? Like this is not news. YouTube knows this. And so to now act like, you know, like, oh my God, like how did we get to this place? Y'all knew how we got here. People have been yeah. you, you've known. You've known. And so Gamergate. Exactly. Did nothing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think it, it's been hard for me to watch all of these people and organizations and platforms that have so much power now kind of pretend to like, oh, like, oh, gee, who would have ever thought? Or, 
we didn't know it was this bad. Like you knew, you knew. And so yeah. at, at this, I, I really want to have a reckoning of, you know, what wasn't done, what was allowed to fester and what was allowed to grow and metastasize. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, you know, in order to get worse, to get us to this moment. Yeah. Mm. I, it's, it's truly, it's truly remarkable how quickly they want to pat themselves on the back and feign ignorance around the mm. whole thing. When, every bit of analysis points to how influential and powerful the platforms are, uh, especially when they're not regulated. But, you know, because we have like, a, we have, a, whether it's white supremacy or greed, certain people just don't give a fuck if it's, if it's in service of one. And sometimes it's both at the same time. But like, you look at these companies, they're like, well, I mean, the money's flowing when we do these ads for these white supremacists by ads. We fucking love it. And then these other people, that shit has just led to, you know, well, sure, the ledgers look better, but the streets are get bloodier and there's not a connect. And I guess the only like I think we're saying on tomorrow's episode, too, it's funny how they get their shit together the day it's cemented that Democrats <laughs> are controlling everything. Huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Even th- no, I mean, we, we noticed sure. that back during the election, when there was like, some, yeah, when they were teasing it, <laughs> yeah, when when like suddenly Trump had like a real bad day in the polls, like his polls just started falling through, and that was when Facebook got tough, like that day, basically. It's all just a play, it's all strategy, but yeah, I mean, it when greed and white supremacy meet, uh, white supremacy still wins out. Just look at. Mm. Like the the Sony hack emails, like the they actively make racist decisions that will lose them money. They they right. will actively choose against a Denzel Washington project because of like some racist bullshit that they uh in, internalized somewhere earlier in their career. Like it's yeah, that's that's this is America. And I mean, even not to even limit it to D.C., like this shit has been happening in state capitals and city halls around this around the country. I mean, in yeah. L.A., it was disgusting what was happening in downtown L.A., like just straight up assaulting people, women of color, just yes. were walking through being like, who'd you vote for? And macing them yeah. and shit. And meanwhile, you know, not like fucking Michael Moore is going to do shit about it in L.A., but like. This has been happening all over, and it's not just one thing. Like this is a across the board issue. It's these these people are your neighbors. They're the same people who you're like. Well, that person uh, sold me a car. I can't that. And they weren't racist to me. Well, yeah, they were making money that time because cut to that same guy from West Covina Toyota holding this woman back while people can bear mace her. Yeah, yep. you know what I mean. And we, I don't know. I, you know, I try and be very aware of what people are saying to me and what their values are that they are transmitting out loud. And you use that to filter good and bad out. But I really like you, people really need to be on alert to understand who is, you know, uh, com- unfortunately in a completely fucked mindset um, and has been completely their naivete has been just, you know, uh, exploited uh, for other people's aims. And it's just, yeah, whatever. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I completely agree. I feel that, if anything, this whole thing has has forced some people to sort of open their eyes. You know, I, I saw that image that you're talking about of a, of a young black woman who apparently was just like walking down the street in L.A. and was accosted and sprayed in the face with, with uh, mace. And, you know, 
there's just there's something about it seeing a picture of a black woman being mm-hmm. assaulted. It it broke my heart. Like it was hard to see. It was something about that something about that image really broke well, me. Especially when she's being restrained like that. Yes. Like like the guy has her ha- her arms and if you're going to look at this picture, up. yeah, like like huge trigger warning for this picture. Her yeah. arms are like pinned behind her back, you know. And what's hard for me is that there's another woman of color in the audience cheering him on. And there's something about that image that just really represents a, the, the a kind of chaos and breakdown that I feel that we are in, where it's just so like they've lost bad. touch with their essential connection to humanity. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest difference because all we've seen is that these people are undisturbed by massive body counts. They're undisturbed by murder of unarmed people. They're just, they don't care. Their, their end game is just like, I don't know. We want, don't cancel the Trump show. Right. Um, and that's all it's for. And it's, it's really just gobsmacking to, to see that and say, Holy shit, like they completely managed to put them on some software operating system where these are not people anymore. Yeah. These are punching bags and mace maceable targets and shit and possibly murder victims uh because we're I've I've ingested a diet where you are some communist or whatever word they want to use without understanding what it means to just say you're uh you're you're a lib. You're not. You're not MAGA. So f- I'm gonna fuck you up. That is exactly right. And I mean, that is what we know about how disinformation and misinformation works. It it collapses who we are into these, like, um, into these two dimensional caricatures, right? And so you're not a black woman who has a family, who loves her kids, who you know is a, a human being, who is a person. You are a socialist. You are Antifa. You are a libtard. Whatever, right? Like, we it 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 disinformation is fueled by making people believe, like deep down, believe the worst about each other, the worst about other people in our communities. And you know, it is sad to me to see what people become when they are fed a steady diet of this. And and to be clear, like. Anybody can be susceptible. Like it, it is not. It it's easy to think like, oh, these are stupid people, whatever, whatever. But you know, it, I think I would I would be willing to bet that if, if people out there listening really thought deep, it could be your dad, it could be your mom, it could be your uncle. Like really think about who in your community is susceptible to when they are fed a steady stream telling them to be be afraid of your of your neighbor, be afraid of your community, be afraid of people who are different from you. Who might be susceptible to that? I think you will be surprised. It's not mm-hmm. just stupid, undesirable people who are other. It could be like in your house. It could be somebody in your home right now. Mm-hmm. People you went to school with. I mean, exactly. we talk about it all the yeah. time. I mean, it's, I think many people have seen a lot of uh, friends and family, colleagues, whatever, uh, take just that far right turn mm. um, out of nowhere. And you're like, what? They're like, but they're. That's the Mexican homie. Like what? And they're trying to, what the fuck? And posting all this racist shit now? This is fucked. Like how? But I think all kinds of people have different things that appeal to them or they have these insecurities or voids within them that something about this ideology can help fill, whether that it's an inferiority complex or feeling of community because you've been isolated, but it's doing what 
movements like this do. And uh, that's why it's just so massively important that I feel like people of good conscience draw lines to what like what we are demanding of people in office to do. Because I mean, yes, there is a ton we can do as people as well. But like without codified laws and things like that to truly like create some kind of safeguard, there's there's I mean, it's only going to get fucking worse and. But then at the end of the day, I find myself being like, come on, y'all, the people who still have failed to protect us forever. Mm. Maybe now. I don't know. Is now the time? And maybe it could be because it's like America, right? It takes a third degree burn for them to realize that Mm. the stove is hot. It wasn't enough when there was a sign that said the stove is hot. It wasn't enough when your parents said the stove is hot. It wasn't Mm. enough when you saw a red hot fucking coil on the stove and you're like, what is this? (laughs) And now it's like the stove is hot. Mm-hmm. do something and i don't know because now we have people suddenly a lot of these politicians especially white politicians are like oh no mm-hmm. i normally like it would be shit talking or something to deal with i didn't realize that like violence could you could be confronted with violence mm. where many people that is a day-to-day reality not on necessarily that scale but the the environment in which you operate in is one of chaos and violence and now they're like, they got a little taste. They're like, oh boy, dust off the 25th. <sighs> I don't know. And it could be for show. I don't know. But it was one of those moments where it's like, God damn, they have to fucking, it has to pull up in front of their face to figure mm. it out. And that just makes me so disheartened about it. That's why this death of black and brown people continues. That's why we continue to fuck the earth up with all this, you know, the runaway carbon emissions and lack of regulation in this country. That's why people are falling by the wayside when it comes to health, because they don't know. They don't know it. And unless it's them experiencing it first, that's like Megan McCain, which is like, I was against paternity leave till I needed it. It's mm-hmm. like, exactly. And that's huh. why none of y'all motherfuckers have any kind of right to be in any, not that Megan McCain is a politician, but any of these people have the right to, to call the shots for what everyone else's existence is. And I hope we can also have a reckoning for what we call a a representative in government, mm-hmm. not the coolest person from my hometown, the richest motherfucker from my part of my state who's been there forever. And the last name is like the person my parents voted for. It's about fucking it's about your life. It's about are these people there to do a job which is create stability and create just equality across the board? But other, I mean, it's there. There are all all kinds of ways to message that. But I really want people to begin to see that some of these people over there that you that a lot of people fawn over on the internet ain't shit mm. because they're not doing shit, even when they know what the answer is. And how long are you going to excuse that? Because they've been excusing that shit for years, while other people have been bearing the brunt of that lack of action. Yeah. So fuck out of here with the incremental shit. Yeah. And, like, people say, you know, this is not what America is. (laughs) Like, I I would really love to retire that phrase. Yeah. Check out the Childish Gambino video. (laughs) Yeah. This is it. Like, if you have, like, I saw somebody tweet, you know, if you have to say this is not who America is every couple weeks, maybe this is who America is, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just so many people are just in such, have such heavy resistance to, to accept what this country is um and unfortunately too many people have a blind spot white people white americans just have this intense blind spot for white supremacy intense blind spot and 
they and, and as a concept, they may say it exists, but there's no there that hasn't connected to the intellectual part that says this is a construct of white supremacy that everyone's operating in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it expresses itself at every possible turn, at every opportunity. It expresses itself in some way or another. And the more people can get to that part, then we can say, yeah, man, the, the, this room, this house is messy as fuck. Let's go get the vacuums. Let's go get the mops. Let's go get the fucking Windex. Because right now, only half the people are like, yo, this motherfucker stink in here. And other people, they're unfortunately, their fucking whole face is made of, they're wearing a Febreze face mask. And they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And some uh, people are like, the mask is, the Febreze is wearing out a little bit. And they're like, oh shit, maybe it stinks. But we're, we're still far from that tipping point we need to reach to really have a reckoning. And that's all I can just encourage people to do is try and get to that point. And even if you w- listen to this show every day and you're like, I get it, man, this is fucked up. Really try and understand that this is an issue that we are we have to interact with constantly. And even if you know it's fucked up, you have to be able to say, hold on, this is I, I see this here. We actually the for, for us to create some kind of equity, that's how you empower yourself in moments like this too. You have opportunities to try and dismantle white supremacy in some fashion, or at least take away, just kneecap it a little bit for mm. people around you in your workplace or how you conduct your own business. But really think about what it means, especially for oppressed people in this country and what that lived experience is, because it's 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 awful. It's terrifying for many people. The last trend we have on the dock, I don't think we're going to have time for uh, John Dillermand, uh, which is a Denmark <laughs> children's show Pivot. about a man with a huge, uncontrollable penis. Um, Wait, uncontrollable? He he has no control. It's like an append. Uh, all right, we have time. Uh, yeah. There's always time for for a Denmark I mean, we children have to, show I about a man with a giant uncontrollable penis. Uh, so was well, it a white man? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I'm off this shit then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mustachioed uh, white man. I mean, he looks like a lot oh, wait, of the people. Uncontrollable. Hold on. What is uncontrollable? Pe- that just sounds like something awful and problematic. It's so massive and flexible, it can save children from danger, fetch objects from a river, and operate as a pogo stick. But it sounds like it's like kind of phantom or uh, alien limb syndrome, where it's like has kind of a mind of its own. Um, This is something they made for children. Um, In episode one, for instance, uh, this dude who looks like one of the guys from the Capitol insurrection yesterday wearing like a striped uh, bathing suit from the 1800s. He is using his giant dick uh, to as a leash for his dog, uh, but quickly finds himself inundated with requests from his neighbors to take their pets out for a walk with his giant penis. Uh, At another point in the show, he is... He is stuck floating. Sorry, I get emotional about this. Uh, uh, He is stuck floating in midair after balloons are tied to his... uh, the CNN article says his groin, uh, but I don't. I don't think that's accurate, right? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's his, his big, out of control dick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, All we right. don't need you anymore, Mister Bean. We got John Dillermand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> tripping over his dick all over the place. I would kill to see this cartoon. Honestly, I would kill to see this cartoon. Yeah, because I'm like, uh, and what? it's for kids. Well, Jack, you've got kids. Are you going to show it to your kids? Oh, man. Uh, 
They're going to be like, it, Daddy? It over. <laughs> it overlaps with a lot of. <laughs> it overlaps with a lot of the bedtime stories I make up for them. <laughs> Yo, just I don't want to think it's all derivative. Elephant whose trunk is too long or something. How how is this? What y'all came well, up with? Yeah, I got to see it because obviously, like, we're very puritanical here. But I'm trying to be like, is am I being too? prudish by saying a man's penis should be right. saving because then i'm like i don't know about all that uh no you're not being too prudish yeah. they're talking about a giant dick <laughs> who like so i was <laughs> there there is a movement that like you want to uh like make your kids comfortable with you know their penis their butt so that they're not like weirded out and like it doesn't open them up to shame if like you know, there's somebody around them who is inappropriate in any way. Um, so that like you just want to when I was a kid, we called it our hiney and like we didn't even know mention the penis. Uh, and now like we call it poop and butt and penis. And like so I could see it being like a part of that overall movement to just like familiarize kids but, with but this no, seems like a weird con- way to do it a man's penis can't save a child and also should not be touching a child that's what i mean the second the second the penis is out in front of kids the show's canceled right well it's it's in his it's part of his striped like for so it's in a like, enormous i've seen it yeah it looks like a where's waldo yeah as a, as a big fire hose penis yeah um Anyways, I don't know. Uh, Danish Zeit Gang, I know you're out there. Help me understand. <laughs> yeah, y'all hooked me up when I was in Copenhagen. You know what I mean? Like, l- help me understand from the Danes' perspective, from the I great mean, Viking people. I like the idea. I mean, I don't know if this is part of it, but I like the idea of things that help kids not feel embarrassed about their body parts. When I was very young, I audibly farted in front of the class, and it low-key ruined my life. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I remember, I remember thinking, am I the only person who farts? So right. I would have right. loved a little, a little like, something to normalize it. It Wait, doesn't have you, to be... Hold, Bridget, you thought you were the only person that farted then? Well, because the, the reaction the way from my laugh. class, I was like, does, right. do my, I feel like you're funny. does this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Farts are... I grew up fart-friendly. <laughs> fart-friendly. Although every household. generation on both sides... Black and Japanese, big fart fans. Yeah, <laughs> my my dad's dad, he had a he he still does it. He'll fart. He'll be like, huh? <laughs> and that's what he does when he farts. He's like, what'd you say? <laughs> and that's what he does every time. And then other, you know, every there's bits. I could do the Japanese ones, but if there are not many Japanese speakers, it won't make as much sense. But yes, be fart friendly. You know, just in Kentucky, know, shame in our bodies. One of my friends' dads in Kentucky used to say. Someone step on a bullfrog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> step on a frog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's good stuff. Guys, send in your colloquial uh, descriptions of farts, regional fart descriptions excuse. of farts. Love <laughs> fart anything to get our minds off this nonsense. Seriously. Oh, uh, Simon and Schuster's has decided to cancel publication of Senator Jot, or I'm sorry, traitor ass Josh Hawley's forthcoming book, The Tyranny of Big Tech. Oh, no. oh my God! Oh, how oh. could they? But the money you could have made! Wow, we should give them a gold star. Guys, right. I hate this dude so much. Like, oh I really, God. really, really something about like it's kind of a visceral. I don't know. He just reminds me of every kid I knew who played lacrosse, and you just yes. knew, you know, it's like there's something about right. him. 
he really gets to me. I don't know what it is. I have a very, a very deep in it's my like, bones reaction to him. It's how tight his suit is. Like where he's like, you know, I'll be working now. Yes. It's like, yes. Of Josh. <laughs> Who like went to fuck? What's that like ancient school in England? Like Saint Mark's or whatever that yeah, he taught Saint- at? Like the most privileged motherfucker, and he's trying to parade around like fucking man of the people mm-hmm. who has yeah, never like- touched skin with a person who had worked on wages. The way that he talks, you would think he grew up as a coal miner. This dude right. went to prep school, right? <laughs> you know. Yale, all that shit. It's like, come on now, get the fuck out. And oh, and I guess oh. that's the that's the thing too is we have this other breed of politician that is. Ivy League educated, great looking on paper, but they are singular in their goal for like personal gain at yeah. any cost. That's what Ted Cruz and Josh Hollywood are like, oh, wow, y'all, holy shit. Like, okay. And I think that's why it's funny that Chris Coons, who loves him, a Republican, is now like, yeah, I think uh, Josh Hawley and uh, uh, T- Senator Cruz need to, to resign. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it's really something. But it wasn't it wasn't enough. The whole time here. But I think that's why, like, you get really upset with these people, too, who are like, whatever, you just chose not to make it hot because of polls or whatever the fuck, rather than what was right. Mm. Well, Bridget, it has been, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. And it's great to talk to you, see you. Yeah, honestly, this is, if I I sound a little strange, it's because the last 48 hours have been very strange, but this has been the highlight. Yeah, this has been the highlight. You know, it's it's nice to chop it up with you two always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where can people find you and hear you and experience you? Well, if you want to hear more about tech and all of the ways that these dudes are using it to ruin our lives, and also some like fun, happy stuff as well, you can check out my podcast on iHeartRadio called There Are No Girls on the Internet. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bridget Marie, and on Instagram, I'm at Bridget Marie in DC. Yeah, yeah. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, We're back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Until then, be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves. Wear a mask. Stay inside. Don't do nothing about white supremacy. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye.